Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Hate People, the podcast dedicated to unfocused, impotent rage. This is episode six, recorded Monday, July 7th, 2015. I am your host, Simon Potter, and tonight I have the privilege to waste the time of my colleague, my friend, a man of immeasurable wit, Immeasurable unless you have access to a large Hadron Collider. David Holloway, how's it going, sir? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. And look, I've got to say, we're a dedicated pair. Do you, do you want to tell our lovely listeners what time it is? Uh, it's uh, two minutes past 11 at night because so, David's, David's internet sucks. Yeah. I mean, for those of you that like internet speeds or, or no internet speeds, I was getting naught point, what was it, Not point six five megabits. Yes. speed and it's only marginally better now but good enough to record so enough people have stopped watching netflix for you to be able to hear me so that's, that's literally the issue i believe yeah so sadly yes all good so we've started I think what are you up to um, yeah, not, not a lot. Um, I know it's been a while between drinks since the last episode and um, for those of you that listen to our gaming podcast, you know that we've changed the format to doing uh, essentially one show of this a month and one show of Flashpoint a month, so that's why the delay. Um, and we also had some um, good feedback in the last three weeks about suggestions to cover on the show, some of which we actually will cover tonight. Um, but I want to do specific shout-outs, if that's all right. So the first – I basically sent out a tweet saying, look, I'd love to hear some more things you'd like to hear on We, we Hate People, things that are particularly annoying you at the moment. And the first one uh, came from uh, Daniel. Um, I've so disorganised that where I've got the tweets – there you go. Pull it over this side of the screen, David. Uh, Jed Kai, Jed Cal. Um Daniel's response was, uh, the thing that annoys him the most is the slow release schedule of our podcasts. Thank you, Daniel. It annoys me as well. It should be slower. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Daniel, thanks. We're going to now do them quarterly. <laughs> Yay, democracy. Uh, another regular listener, uh, Ben, Ben McJanet, who's also uh, a much appreciated contributor to the Oceanic Gamer website, um, he says the pricing discrimination to people outside of the US, and I think, we're, yeah, we are going to talk sort of about that in regards to Apple. And we did talk about it in a previous episode. Did we not? Did we? Yeah, I, I think we did. Oh, oh the, what, the Australia tax? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, Jay Connell, um, Jay, thanks for your um, suggestions, mate. We'll save them for Flashpoint. They're very much gaming-related and Destiny-related. Uh, Joe Foran, who's another regular, um, his key annoyances are Mike Huckabee. So for those in Australia, he's a, I think he's a Republican. He was a former presidential candidate last election. I, I'm not sure whether he's running this time. And, and his own show on Fox News. Let's not forget that. Oh, so I didn't know that. Oh, there you go. Um, Anne Coulter, who I do know is a columnist. And does she have a TV show? I know she writes, but... Uh, hmm... Next. Yeah, and um, the lovely Adam Baldwin, who's made some lovely comments over the last six to 12 months, first about Gamergate and now in regards to um, same-sex marriage. So they're, they're annoying him so much, I won't even link their Twitter handles. Good move, Joe. Um, and he also had an additional one that he tweeted that the Women's World Cup playoffs have been played on all artificial turf. I assume he means the world like the soccer world cup isn't it that's just been the female the, yeah the the the, uh, the, the uh, women's fifa has yeah, been yeah. held over the last few weeks i think the the final was was it tonight yeah it was just it, it happened in uh, the us beat japan i, I ah, right didn't so, see that coming yeah that's right um so and i agree with that the fact that they're made to do an artificial turf that's appalling um and that was it. So, but thank you for, for all the feedback. So we are sort of covering a couple of bits and, and some other bits as well. Mm, Back bits. to you, Simon, in the We Hate People headquarters. Thank you, David. <laughs> uh, you, you didn't tell me what you've been up to this week, though. Oh, sorry. I thought that was sort of my way of saying, you know, uh, let's get to the listener feedback. Um, in the past week, just usual work, um, 
I, I feel bad talking about the other podcast again, but uh, finalised a theme tune for the for the episode 101 of Flashpoint, so that's a bit exciting. I don't get to do as much music as I used to, so when I've got an actual reason and a deadline, I get a bit excited and jump in boots and all. But beyond that, not much. What about you? Oh, um, buying buying Darth Vader's, um, it appears. Buying Darth Vader's? <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, the uh, I went into Big W. We're having a special. Big W is a bit like Walmart or Target here for for people who aren't in our local environs. And um, thought, oh, might get a, an incredible Hulk Disney Infinity figure. Didn't have any of those. What they did have, as I was walking t- back towards the uh, the cashiers in in disappointment, was a thirty one inch tall Darth Vader. Uh, well, I suppose he's a posable action figure, I suppose. Yes, no, that's exactly what he is. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, 30, 31, 31 inches tall is is large. It's a good size. Yeah, I think I've seen the ones in Big W and was it on special or something or? Uh, I think they're like $49 I got yeah. um, they're off, uh, for 39 They also had the uh, Luke and Han as uh, dressed as stormtroopers uh, a la... Uh, a new hopes okay. uh, jailbreak uh, sequence, and they're actually quite good. the The resemblance that it did it did sort of look like Harrison Ford, and it did sort of look like Mark Hamill. They even had the um, the, uh, the the scar on Harrison Ford's chin in the in the in the sculpt. So I thought that's not too bad. I would have considered buying them, except they're also thirty one inches tall, and there's no way I could consider having uh, a Han, uh, well, Mark Hamill's shorter than Harrison Ford, and they're both shorter than David Prowse. So obviously, hello. Oh yeah, see that's that's bad planning, isn't it? Well, I suppose you can't have a thirty no. a thirty one inch, uh, a twenty seven inch, and a yeah. But for no. the pure for the purity, that would yeah, I couldn't do it because that would annoy the hell out of me. That said. I've got um, I've only got a few action figures, but I bought the um, Avengers line about twelve months ago, and they're about I don't know ten inch figures, I think. Well, that's a pretty good size. And and yeah, to, I mean, look, I suppose I put up with it. You've got the Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, and Spider Man are the four I bought, and they're all exactly the same height, and that doesn't make sense either. No, no, it doesn't. And I have to admit, I, I hang on, I'll grab the box here. It's a little unusual because we don't tend to get a lot of packaging that's in English and French. But for some reason, this packaging is is in English and French. Who's the manufacturer? Is it Hasbro or...? Uh, hmm. Do you know, it doesn't... Made in China, so no surprise there. Jack's Pacific... Okay, California. I've never heard of them. Um, you know, it's English and French. I would assume that these maybe these were intended for the the Canadian, or at least the North American market. And some for some reason they just got steered here. I can't think of any other reason why it'd be English and French. It's very, very odd. But yeah, um, the fabric um, fabric capers on. So it's well worth having. I thought. In, in lieu of an incredible Hulk Infinity figure. And then, bizarrely, I was going through the supermarket and what came across the Muzak system? The Star Wars theme. Oh, see, that the, was Destiny. The, no, 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 Destiny doesn't have a story. Star Wars has a story. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, it was very, very strange. I don't think I've, people must have wondered, wondered why I was walking, uh, perusing the, uh, the cold meats aisle with a stupid smile on my face because generally one doesn't peruse cold meats with a, a smile on one's face. Not unless you're quite warped. Or, or unless you've got some sort of thing that cold meats. Mm. Mm. You underestimate my power. Sorry, I just got out my Darth Vader figure. That didn't sound like Darth Vader. That sounded like Anakin. Yeah, it is. It's a Darth Vader figure where you can put the full helmet over him, but it's actually Anakin underneath. I suddenly feel ill. 
Does anyone else feel yeah, it's, it's actually quite, it's just a Hasbro figure, but it's quite nice. And I'm pleased to report he's, he's taller than the Hulk. Well, that's not a bad thing. No. Well. <laughs> so welcome to the Star Wars fanboy podcast. Oh, oh yeah, like that wasn't going to happen at some point. That's right. Well, now we've got all that out of the way, if you, we can discuss something a bit more serious, if you like. Or just before we do too, aside from my excitement the Star Wars movie, I have an equal level of excitement for another movie coming out uh, around the same time or a few weeks before, and that's the Snoopy movie. Have you, have you seen the trailers? I have, and I have to admit... I'm I'm intrigued. It looks quite good. It looks just. I think they might have pulled off replicating the the feel and whimsy of the the, the comic strips in movie form. I've got big hopes for it. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's it's kind of it's kind of amazing because it's got the. You remember the old uh, the old uh, the old animation, the old two D animation. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a lot of a lot of snap poses because you, you couldn't really have them turn their head because the way Charles Schultz drew them, um, they were either pretty much full face on or in profile. That's right. So the, to, to stay true to the to the mod, to the the look, they kind of had to snap from you know full full face to profile back again. And mm. so, but yeah, the walk cycle it's it's all done in three D. Yeah, it's great. It looks it's two D three D and it really looks impressive. Yeah. I think they've nailed Snoopy. Yes. Often he is. I can't believe we're talking about Charlie Brown. <laughs> well, so this <laughs> is good. Well, I'm glad when we had my friend Paul on, he didn't uh, bring up, but I'll bring it up now. I actually performed in a school musical and I was Linus, so I had my stripy top and my blanket. So I've loved Snoopy ever since. That seems like his childhood trauma is a good reason for liking many things. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of trauma. <laughs> nice uh, segue. I, I, I don't know whether who's more traumatised, the, the uh, Australian Broadcasting Corporation or Tony Abbott's government, which seems to have gone straight for the, the nuke bunker. Uh, it's very strange. Uh, do you want to give our audience... Yeah. What the hell I'm talking about? Yeah, so for those unaware, um, Q&A is a, a program on the ABC, which is our national broadcaster, uh, so government-funded. Uh, Q&A is a panel program where different people come on every week and the audience are able to ask them questions either live from the studio audience or people can tweet or Facebook or send in videos and so on and they're put to the panel. Uh, a couple of weeks back there was a fairly... I've got to be careful of my terms here, a, a fairly radicalised uh, Muslim guy who has a bit of notoriety locally, um, made a couple of absolutely terrible uh, misogynist tweets um, about, I think it was about some female journalists, wasn't it? It was about something like that anyway. Conservative uh, journalists, I think they, yeah. they have some association with Channel 7. That's right. And so uh, he managed to get himself into the audience of Q&A uh, and get into a bit of a, a verbal stoush with uh, the minister, the government minister that was on at that time, which whose name's oh, Stephen Chobo. Uh, so that caused a hell of a stir. The Prime Minister was appalled that the, the ABC hadn't screened their audience well enough to let this per, you know keep this person out. Uh, lots of arguments over free speech. There was nothing... I mean, he said some... Con- contentious things but no more contentious than a lot of other people have out of the studio audience i mean we've had a person throw a sh- shoe at um i think he was former prime minister john howard at that stage when they threw the shoe at him um so there's been some fun and games on there um tony abbott as prime minister has now banned his front bench from appearing on the show um and tonight uh, literally an hour and a half before we start recording this uh the agriculture minister and deputy leader of the National Party was prevented from coming on and didn't show. And so all because this guy made some, it'd be fair to say, pro-ISIS comments, wouldn't it, Simon? Um, I think he accused the current government of giving young Muslims the the the, uh, the perfect excuse or justification for going yeah. to Syria and fighting with ISIL uh, or Daesh or ISIS or whatever. That's or, right. Crazy, crazy bastards. Whatever, whatever term you feel is most appropriate to that particular group. Yeah, uh, it's 
Yes, uh, what he said was inappropriate. I, I think the uh, the moderator uh, sort of uh, cut him off after that particular statement, um, as as he should have. Uh, this whole thing has just turned into one enormous circus, and yeah, uh, it, the ABC made a mistake. Yes, they 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 admitted that, although reluctantly, they dragged their heels mm. rather in hindsight a rather embarrassing fashion. Uh, the fact that they repeated rebroadcast the show a couple of days later, as is their as is their standard practice, uh, just sort of compounded the the error, just showing that the any apology they did make clearly wasn't wasn't sincere. sincere. Yeah. So the government then decided, well, if you can't police yourself, we'll uh, we want to know what's going on. So we'll we'll uh, we'll uh, have a bit have a bit of a, a shift you around, ask some questions, and just see if we can get some answers. Uh, which obviously, uh, and unfortunately, the the situation in Australian politics has a tendency to do much the same as it does everywhere else, and it polarizes. So you immediately have. Um, all of uh, the hysterical left-wing types uh, jumping up and down, freedom of speech, blah, 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 government interference, blah, blah, blah. And then you have all of the the right-wing loonies jumping up and down going national security. This guy could have brought a bomb into the studio, mm. blah, 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 um, can, can, you know, cancel Q&A, fire everybody. Uh, so needless to say, a balanced response is from both sides. Um, in my personal opinion, both sides probably should have been lined up against the wall and shot. <laughs> nice analogy. Oh, sorry. I, I thought I was in Syria for a moment there, but I'm sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> and because it probably is worth mentioning that the Prime Minister, um, after this guy was on, said that heads should roll at the ABC. Now, there's no way he didn't realise when he said that the irony or the inappropriateness of that, given that they were talking about ISIS and beheadings and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Have you recently arrived in Australia? You clearly don't know Tony Abbott. Yeah, I I honestly don't believe he did that out of ignorance. He would have full well known. Anyway, I think he probably did it out of ignorance because there's a lot of things he seems to do. He does out of ignorance. Uh, he's a seems to be turning into turning into a crazy person. Mm. As I can tell, he's uh, uh, limiting or preventing anyone from the front bench. Uh, that that's basically the uh, the our equivalent of a cabinet um, mm. uh, for for our overseas guests. Uh, so yeah, ministers for this, ministers for that. None of them are allowed to to uh, go on the show. So that's one thing. And they've also been stepping on people's necks as far as uh, the whole marriage equality question goes, because obviously uh, with the situation in Ireland and subsequently the situation. In the US, uh, it's it's very much a, a topic on on people's minds, along with all of the other things. So it's entirely possible that they're using this whole um, this whole debacle with the ABC as uh, just a, a way of controlling what the front bench says mm. and uh, and uh, exposure to the media, because I, in a lot of ways. A uh, the whole national security thing is uh, is something that the the current government, uh, being a conservative one, has has uh, been able to play to to very good effect. Um, partly out of just uh, political and the world we live in, and partly because it is just good press. Uh, and there's no way that our current prime minister, being a staunch Catholic, is going to let the whole marriage equality thing. Um, occur under his watch. It'll cause a sodomy apocalypse. It will. Gay marriage will become compulsory and you'll have to divorce your wife and uh, and marry marry your dog or... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. Uh, the, the, I have to admit, it's, a, it's always a pleasure to hear the old slippery slope argument. Oh, uh, that'll lead to, yeah, bestiality or... Um, what was it? Poly polyamory, so marrying multiple people or something, wasn't it? Uh, polygamy, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, no, that's, that's that's not how things work. It's a bit like saying... Um, uh, and and you, can, you can drag all this up. You know, the women, women used to be... Marriage used to be uh, basically the woman was your property, as Game of Thrones has reminded us uh, on a... <laughs> Anticipations. Uh, yeah, that's the way it used to be, folks. Women were property, and women's property was property. 
So that's one of the one of the that's the way the world used to work in a lot of ways. Yeah. Marrying marrying someone of a different race in parts of the world. Mm-mm, can't do that. Divorce. No. Mm-mm, can't do that. So yes, marriage appears to be a changing thing over over the course of time. So uh, just because mixed race marriages were allowed, um, no, you weren't allowed to marry your horse. <laughs> <laughs> so be- letting two men and two women formalize um, their relationship and uh, and um, allowing them exposing themselves to years and years of untold misery, uh, apparently that's <laughs> going that should also lead to to anyone uh, having being able to marry their horse or indeed marry marry three people uh, yeah. yeah you know you know they're losing the argument when they start bringing up that shit anyway but yeah well yes you do um and but it's the same the same old arguments and really when you boil it right down it, if it comes down to religion okay well you you're doing what you think um a religious text tells you to um, maybe people, you should go and read the religious text in question because it says very little about That's it. Right. And what it does say is taken within the context of the culture in which and the times in which it was written makes a lot of sense. For instance, and uh, if any kids are listening, parents just um, you might want to um, cover their ears for uh, about 30 seconds. Uh, there's a, there's an instance in the Bible where uh, a, when a gentleman... Um, Let's say um, uh, withdraws before completing a contract with a lady. Uh, <laughs> so is that you, like buying a car? You mean or a cart? Back no, then? no, he pulls out before he ejaculates. Yes, I do. Was beheaded for that because waste. You know, small populations. Every sperm is sacred. Every sperm is sacred, as Monty Python That's says, right. and uh, as the the Catholic religion has carried down from Judaism. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, Really, I think most of the reason that most of these people have an objection to it, if they boiled it right down fundamentally, is because they think it's a bit icky. And yeah. that's fine. You're entitled to that view, but uh, don't don't oppress other people with your just because you find something a little distasteful for non-specific reasons. I, I, I'm told that the uh, Abbott and Co. Uh, the government might be calling an inquiry into the whole same-sex marriage issue, and they've. Um, or they, they've got a particular person in mind to chair it. Well, at least we know everyone will be circumcised after that. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's a whole issue that we won't go no, on to. No, let's not get but into circumcision. Just, it's not another day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. ISIS, we've managed to get ISIS into another episode. So, speaking of um, evil terrorists... Um, <laughs> Of, of foreign birth, um, I understand Mark Maron's uh, WTF podcast had a certain Obama on. Yeah, so this I think a lot of people will know about this because it, it, it got some huge media coverage and I'm uh, an absolute latecomer to WTF in that I only started listening to this because of the coverage of the Obama thing. So he's up to episode 615 of his podcast, so he's sort of 610 ahead of us. Um but, you know, give us time. So for those that don't know, the WTF podcast is just him in his garage in, I think it's Los Angeles. It is Los Angeles. And he's got such a following that, uh, and it's worth listening to the episode he's released after the Obama one where he talks about the whole process to getting Obama on there. And it, they didn't actually approach Obama. Obama's team approached them, which would be rather flattering. Uh, and so he was on the actual podcast with Obama goes for about an hour, really, really good, laid back, a lot of fun, get a bit of insight into Obama and his thoughts. It was only a, a few days after the last big shooting. Uh, um, and so and in, in the episode after where he talks about the process, they w- didn't really know until that morning that it was still going to go ahead because all that had happened. Um, but yeah, w- the WTF podcast is great. I've listened to the Obama, the post-Obama episode is brilliant as well. Um, I've listened to a few others. Um, he interviewed some great people. David Byrne from Talking Heads wasn't bad. Huge recommendation, whether you liked Happy Days or not, was the Henry Winkler one he's done uh, just in the last few months as well. I always assumed Henry Winkler was a lovely bloke from the odd time I've seen him. 
in interviews and stuff, he's genuinely just a lovely, lovely guy or extremely good at putting across that persona um, when he's interviewed but couldn't recommend that one highly enough either. Mm. I have to admit I hadn't even heard of it until the, the whole Obama blow-up um, happened. But I can imagine a lot of people haven't. And, I mean, he, he was a very popular podcast prior, but I, can, yeah. I reckon he's probably doubled his listenership now. So if we can manage to get the Pope or maybe the Greek Prime Minister at the moment, if we could get them on the podcast, I reckon we're laughing. Um, no, we, we, we could get the, uh, the Greek Finance Minister. Um, he's just resigned, yeah. I think he's available. <laughs> oh, so, you know, that's all we need. Anyone got any links to the Pope? Just drop us a line. Ah, uh, good old uh, yeah. Pope Frank might might do it, but uh, that was all, uh, completely blew a perfectly good segue onto uh, the. Oh, sorry. No, no, I, I blew it. <laughs> you, you handed it to me, and I just sort of uh, dropped it, and yeah, never mind. Greek bailout fund on Indiegogo. Have you heard about this? No, so I didn't. So they, there actually is one on there. There is. Oh, that's there funny. Um, it's. I'm not sure how long. I think it's been going for. A, I don't know when it started. Um, nope, no idea. I won't waste time trying to find out. But uh, it's got 18 hours left. It's raised one million eight hundred ninety-nine thousand and nine euro. That's well, not too shabby. Through one hundred seven thousand people. It's a bit eight, less than the three hundred billion that they're after, but. Um, well, the, this is calling for uh, 1 billion 600, well, no, 1 billion 600. Million. What is it? Uh, I can never remember which, which what's, well, we're doing the 1,000 million is a billion these That's days. That's right. Million, million like it used to be. Okay. So, yeah, 1, 1 billion 600,000. No, 1.6 billion. 1.6 billion. 1. 6 billion. God, there you go. Damn it. <laughs> So, but that's that's the that's what they're after, and uh, currently, according to the the, the counter here, uh, that equates to zero percent funded. <laughs> yeah, it would. So yeah, a little way to go. But I have to say, I am fully in favour of crowdfunding um, a nation's economy. In fact, it's such a good idea that a lot of other countries have used, it, and it's called taxation. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, um, and something that the Greeks don't do very well. No, uh, not traditionally. A variety of historical and, um, well, logistical reasons, shall we be charitable and say. Uh, but it's estimated they miss out on about 30 billion euro per annum uh, simply because their taxation system doesn't function properly and mm. really paying tax is kind of optional. Yeah. In fact, it's a, it's a bit of a... I won't say it's a national pastime because that trivialises it, but there is a, it's an attitude and a lot of this comes from the time of the um, occupation of Greece by the Ottoman Turks um, of, of not paying tax. Tax resistance was, uh, was how it was looked. Uh, okay. So not paying tax to the man, in this case, um, the guys in Istanbul, then was that the capital of Ottoman Back then, yeah, you you know more than me. Uh, yeah, well, maybe it's called Constantinople. I don't remember. I can't. Uh, who cares? Oh, I love that song. <laughs> have you ever heard it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's a great song. Sorry, it's it's catchy. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it, part of it's an entrenched cultural attitude towards taxation. A part of it is just gross financial mismanagement by the by the successive governments, and not just the current one. And so, yeah. I just thought I'd I just thought I'd mention that because it's 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 fun to see that there there is one hundred and seven thousand people. And what do you get? Like usually with those, you get something. So what do you get for donating? Oh, probably uh, probably bragging rights to your your hipster friends. I would imagine. No, you save Greece. Um, three euros, you get a postcard of Alice Alex Cyprus. Oh the, yeah, the prime minister. The, yes, yep. sir. Still, for the time being, uh, six euros you get a Greek feta and olive salad. <laughs> I suppose that that would work. I mean, there was the whole potato salad Kickstarter, so yeah. and that that people actually did get their their potato salad and it was edible, so that'll work. Uh, the next one, ten euro bottle of ouzo. Nice. No, it's disgusting. Yeah, 
But I mean, as far as value for money, although maybe it's how much does a bottle of Bezo cost now? Um, not not ten euros. I'm pretty Half sure. Half a euro, probably. Yeah, that's including shipping, though. So there's okay. that. Uh, Twenty five euro will get you a bottle of Greek wine. Less said about that, the better. Um, 160 euro, Greek food baskets, olives, feta, ouzo, wine. Well, basically, you pay 160 and you get... You Everything get, else thrown in to one it'd basket. It'd be cheaper just to get the 25, the, 25, the 10 and the 6. So it sounds and like a Greek get, taxation system. Yeah, it sounds like it's a little... Um, that, that, one's, that one's got the most... Oh, God, the, the numbers here have just got too many zeros after them. Uh, 5,000 euros will get you a Greek holiday for two, all-inclusive in Athens for a week, only available to EU citizens. Well, that's a bit harsh. And 1 million euros will get you a super-rich, kind-hearted person. What, you buy the person? That's the attribution you can start adding to your your email signature. Ah, Um, Okay. You basically a, a smug glow is what you get if you pay a million euro. Um, well, it's enough, zero out of 1600 of those have been claimed up to the point of recording, <laughs> so not a lot of uh super kind hearted people out there by the look of it. And if, if you are so, thinking of donating a hundred uh, uh, sorry, a million dollars. Uh, for the nice title, please talk to us first because I can guarantee you we'll provide more than a nice title for the million. Uh, yes, yes. Well, you might get the Greek holiday for two might be a, a, a weekend in Wagga, but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> don't be knocking Wagga. Uh, I will personally carry you on my back to Wagga for a million euros. And on to... Yeah, there uh, wasn't any Greek illusions there either. Why? Is that a story? No, as far as there's that whole stereotype about Greeks and oh. getting up to naughty business. Oh, moving on. Via back doors. We've already discussed the withdrawal method this episode. I don't think <laughs> the music right. will be on with that. Um, <laughs> yes, withdrawal method. You'll get your head cut off. <laughs> the one on top of your body, not the other one. Well, speaking of people that should be beheaded... Yes, Apple. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure, again, I don't know, I thought, I thought we'd already uh, slagged Apple in the short life of this podcast, but why the hell not do it again? Uh, I think I might have said last time I'm a long-term Apple user since about 2003. I've used nothing but Macs. Um, but my view's been the last three or four years they've jumped the shark, the software, the releasing's full of bugs. Um there's just not the same level of um, attention to detail there. They're trying to rush out products too much, so on. And the latest one being Apple Music, which is their attempt to take on Spotify and Pandora and the other streaming services. Uh, and so you, you got your usual time for you to update iTunes. You update iTunes, and there's now multiple reports that. And I think it depends. I've seen differing reports whether you subscribe to Apple Music or not. I think it's only if you subscribe to Apple Music. Anyway, your music. So if you've got five hundred CDs in a cupboard and you've laboriously, you know, ripped them into your computer and put them into iTunes, um, this latest iTunes update for at least some people is turning them into uh, versions of your music that have digital rights management applied to it, i.e. they're not the same files anymore and if you uh, unsubscribe from Apple Music, for example, you lose all the files you spent months ripping in. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, th- yeah that's that's essentially it. Um, for people who don't use the Apple ecosystem, um, Apple have had something called iTunes Match for quite a while now. Yeah. Basically, it's, uh, it's a cloud-based music storage system, so... Um, any any albums you buy on the iTunes Music Store, uh, or any anything you've you've ripped and you've got on your computer and you want on your online music library, you can use iTunes Match and it will upload your songs to the cloud. Now, anything that it's already got in its uh, in in Apple library, so if there's an, if there are equivalent songs, equivalent albums on in on Match, um, it will. Uh, rather than upload those and type a lot of, you know, your own storage and, and theirs, 
uh, they basically you just get a, a, a checkbox by by that that song that album, and if you re-download it off iTunes Match, um, even if you upload even if you uploaded a, like a, a 128 bit version, you'll end up with a, is it 256 or, or 300? Yeah, I've forgotten which one it is now, but yeah, higher quality. Yeah, you can end up um, download re-downloading from iTunes Match a better quality version of the song than the one you uploaded um, and there's no DRM on it. So that's good but the thing they haven't told people about Apple Music is uh, if you convert over to Apple Music from iTunes Match then the song, the versions that you, that have been matched that uh, that are already in their, in their library unlike the iTunes Match versions the ones on the Apple Music uh, library all have DRM mm-hmm. So anything that you've uploaded that they don't have on their uh, in their existing library, um, will those files will get uploaded and you will get those files back again because they're not not in the library. So but DRM won't be applied. But anything that is, will. Yeah. And they there's just some some have said that this has got something to do with. Um, the, the deal they had to cut with the record companies for this whole three months free and to get Taylor Swift on board, I don't know. Oh, God. And see, what, what annoys me even more is iTunes matches the reason I started to feel Apple had jumped the shark in that I, I signed up for iTunes match, I think twice, two years I paid for it, and it totally stuffed over my collection even then. Not from the music, the actual files themselves, but play counts. So, and if you have a look on the Apple discussion forums, there's this massive thread where people have had the same issues. So, I do a lot of my playlists and that by play counts, in that my main playlist playlist is one that's called Not Played in the Last Year, and that I like to listen to the music I've, uh, I haven't listened to for the longest time to be the first stuff that I listen to. Mm-hmm. And iTunes match, once I signed up, I've got about eight or 9,000 songs. And it totally stuffed it up. It, it uh, removed play counts, altered them, added some. It was just an absolute abomination. And that was a start. And now, and they've just compounded that with this stuff. And iTunes itself as an application is another abomination. It's become this bloated, hard-to-use, annoying application. You just described Google, Google Chrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I... I'm not knocking Chrome. I mean, Chrome is a, a. I'm actually looking forward to Windows 10 because I want to see what uh, Microsoft Edge is like. I've heard some very good things about it, but yeah, I mean, at iTunes. I remember when the, the original. I went to the Prezo and uh, iTunes had just come out, and yeah, it's really a really. It's basically an MP3 player at that point. Yeah. Um, but a hell of a lot easier to use than oh, what's that zip. Win, what is it called? Win, Winamp. Oh, God, Winamp. God, now you're going back. It's one of the other ugly, ugly, primitive pieces of crap. A lot of people will swear by Winamp. So, yeah, don't bother flaming me. I don't care. Um, but uh, I never liked it. It, it, was just, it was just a nasty-looking piece of garbage. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, iTunes just turned into the, uh, into the gateway drug, I suppose, yeah. in, the, in the same Google Chrome is is the gateway for Hangouts and all of the and uh, you know Google Play Store and Google Play Music and the books and and so on. It's 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 clever. It's logical, mm. uh, and if it's if it's managed properly, it's not a bad thing. But yeah, I, most people have have been decrying iTunes for what since version six seven yeah. a long, long time. Long time. And it's, it's a sad example because I've never been an Apple fanboy. I get just as annoyed at people that, you know, turn up to the launches three days before or whatever, no matter what brand you like. Uh, I think we've got to the sad situation that Google and Apple are so big that they, they're not hungry anymore and they're able to release crap. They, we need another really hungry competitor in there to get these guys to pull their socks up. Yeah, I have to admit there's one of the things I found about E3 and just dipping into games briefly is just – um, Microsoft are making a lot of really positive moves at the moment, and I think it's because they, it's, it's because they got they managed to dig themselves to such a deep hole. They're just furiously digging now. That's right. Making some very positive moves, and Sony uh, actually seem to be sort of back in a, a, a post PS2 stupor 
that um, led them to bring out the PS3 there, they they don't need to innovate, and by God, they're not. No. So yes, it's you, you do need someone to come in and mix things up, and and who knows? It'd be funny if uh, if that person turns out to be Windows, if it turns out to be Microsoft, yeah. or Greece, or, or, or Greece, yes, uh, which which is a word apparently. <laughs> oh, there's a movie. Oh, I yeah. went and saw Hairspray the other week. Really? Yeah, I'd never seen the movie, never been to the musical. Uh, it was a school-based version. It was a high school version, but a very professional version of it. What a great soundtrack. You also like Pitch Perfect. Yeah, true. And we did definitely talked about that. Yes, you most certainly did. Um, and I like Snoopy. So, yeah, I think we've just lost half our listeners. Well, yes, well, let's lose the rest of them. I'm talking about comics. We could talk about comics briefly. It's not like there's anything going on in the comic world at the moment. No, so DC have obviously done their convergence. I, I, it's convergence completed. I actually haven't because I'm just convergence done. is finished. Yes. It's finished yet. So, and Secret yeah. Wars is about halfway through. Um, this is the big shake-up. They're rebooting this week. Seen them announced. So they're relaunching or launching sixty titles post Secret Wars. Um, and it's the way they've been able to bring in, for example, the ultimate Spider-Man, which is Miles Morales, uh, into the main universe where Peter Parker still exists, all this sort of stuff. Um, it just is a big bucket of mediocrity from what I can see. I think there'll be the odd good book, but there's just so little in there that appeals. I think it's just been a surprise, surprise money spinner for them and they're now going to do this ridiculous seasonal approach where, like I've said before, I'm a major Daredevil fan. If I buy this next volume of Daredevil, I'll get issues 1 to 12 and then it'll start at number 1 again. And it'll be volume 6 and then volume 7 then volume 8. I can see the point, but I find it annoying. It, well, yes. I mean, basically, the um, so the, we're talking about universe 616 and 1610. Or the ultimate universe, aren't yes. we? Uh, yeah, I have a feeling we're all three because it's – oh, no, sorry, I'm thinking cinematic, ignore that. So, yeah, it's the two main universes, yeah. 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 So they have both effectively – well, they have both ceased to exist. That's right. And then they, there's this ridiculous battle world stuff. So they're all on these, <clears throat> excuse me, fragmented co uh, continents or states or whatever with borders and it's just, I haven't even read – look, to be honest, I, the only thing I've read is Secret Wars issue one. It gave me a vibe for, okay, usual schlock and I haven't bothered but I, I might read some more of it digitally. I certainly won't be buying them as far as paper. Yeah, it's – well mm – -hmm. I mean, this is this is shaking things up pretty dramatically. Let's face it. I mean, to, to go back to Mars Morales, um, what is is he going to uh, is he going to end up replacing Peter Parker? I, my understanding is, yeah, he'll end up the Spider Man, and Peter Parker will be more of a mentor. But again, I haven't read lots of details. I just follow a couple of um, you know comic book resources, some of the big sites. But that's my understanding of it. Yeah, well, that's a that's a pretty big change. To start with, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm going to. I mean, I've um, I've been buying buying them all and and going through them. And oh, so you have the Secret Wars stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I've got, I've got Convergence, and I've, I've got um, I've just picked up issue four of of the Secret Wars, and I'm not going to really weigh in on this until until the the dust settles uh, uh, somewhat. Uh, and obviously, I'm picking yeah. up. Um, uh, Deadpool's secret, secret, secret wars. Uh, to my mind, anyone that um, uses C4 that much, there's no way those wars stay secret, secret for long. <laughs> but that's 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 why I like him. Uh, I I don't know. I'm, you get a bit jaded with all of these yeah, resets. Uh, uh, there has never been a, a reset of this scale. No, uh, in the Marvel universe, I think it's fair to say the cynic in me. Does wonder if, by uh, I suppose, in in many ways, it's it's kind of a bit like what they did in Star Wars and and dumping the extended universe. This is a this is a reset that's really going to allow them to par things down, simplify things, yeah, and maybe make things more digestible for people who are starting to get 
into the comics more following the the success of the movies. That's right. That's a that a very cynical viewpoint, uh, but I wouldn't rule it out. Well, you know, one of the biggest pieces of evidence for that is the new Hulk title, and this makes me want to vomit in my mouth every time I say it. The new Hulk title is going to be called the Totally Awesome Hulk. Now, if you're shitting me. No, I'm not. You have a look. The Totally Awesome Hulk, not the Incredible Hulk, which it was for years. Or the, I think they've had the Invince. Uh, was it the not the Invincible Hulk? It was something else. Um, but there's been a couple of um, titles. But yeah, the Totally Awesome. So I'm expecting to see him with blonde hair and a surfboard under his arm. And say things like gnarly. That if that's not a, a, a you know as evidence that it's purely leveraging off the movies, I don't know what is. The totally but, awesome Hulk. Like who? The, how many people did they pay to come up with that? It just sounds so juvenile. I know. Okay. Yes, I know. We're too yeah, grown <laughs> So have, throwing the word juvenile in probably seems a little odd, but I mean. You boil you boil these these characters these stories down and we're, we're basically superheroes are the modern day Olympian gods yeah. so it, it's no more juvenile than stories about any other made up characters so and and some of them can be quite profound some of them are just schlock obviously yeah, yeah. but yeah so I don't know um, but the only thing I would say in Marvel's defense is one thing they're getting truly right. And I've said it a bunch of times: is the Star Wars titles. Um, so the the main Star Wars title, and then there's the other ongoing monthly one called Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> the Princess Leia mini series is pretty damn good, and Land the Lando mini series is about to start. The the strength of the writing, the great artwork, Marvel are doing a hell of a lot right with the Star Wars franchise. Well, that's encouraging. I have to admit, I have looked at the the covers, and they do look impressive. I haven't. I'm spending enough on other titles, so I can't quite justify getting those. Although that does remind me, uh, if anyone wants to buy any of the existing omnibus editions of the Star Wars comics, you know the uh, the, the trade paperbacks, uh, probably a good idea to jump into your local comic book store. ASAP because those things are all out of print now, obvious for obvious reasons. Oh, is this the dark horse stuff? Uh, that and the the older stuff. Any any of the uh, any of the uh, the omnibus, you know, the the, the bound uh, paperbacks. Oh, okay, yep. So this is going back. Obviously, these things will get reprinted by someone else under a different contract with Disney at some point. But uh, all of the all of the current stuff is uh, all of those existing companies. Um, and imprints have been cancelled. So if uh, if there's anything that you are missing in your current collection, uh, probably a good idea to go out and get it now because there's no telling how long any of these things are going to stay in the shops, especially with so many people um, getting back on the bandwagon. Oh, particularly the speculators who are stu- the delusional speculators thinking that anything you buy now will be worth something one day. Yeah, that's not how the market works. No. I mean, those Star Wars, I'm loving every month I buy these Star Wars comics. Yes, I'm putting them in bags and on boards, but only purely to keep them for the long term to read. I'm not delusional enough to think they're ever going to be worth anything. No, well, you you get these things. um, You get these things to enjoy while you're alive and for your um, relatives to put into boxes and give to goodwill when you're dead. Yes. It's, I mean, I'm delusional enough in 30 or 40 years that the stuff I've got from the 60s and 70s might be worth a bit. But when I say a bit, you know, you might get 30, 40, 50 bucks for, you know, an issue here and there. But, yeah, certainly not going to get rich off it, unless you've got Amazing Fantasy number 15, in which case you're a very lucky person. Mm. Or Action Comics number one. True. Yeah, the the whole speculation game's a, a bit of a... Mind you, um, you you might have to find out. I don't think anything's going to be worth anything at the moment if, uh, if the the um, Chinese stock exchange doesn't get a, a grip of itself. Well, the comics could be like gold. Could be like gold bullion. And they could be. Always watch the gold price when that starts ticking up. You know that yeah, you're in trouble. It's happening. 
Just on the speculation, I, I will make a guilty admission. I did do a piece of speculation in the last six weeks and when they announced that one of the new titles, Marvel titles, was going to be Red Wolf, which is an American Indian character that they had had a, a little bit to do with Marvel created in the 1970s. And I just happened to be up late one night when the press release came out announcing Red Wolf and I jumped on a an American comic site and bought Red Wolf number one and number two from the 1970s in the feeble hope that it'll become a popular series and jump in value, which means it won't. Yeah, look, that seems fair. I mean, there's there's a bunch of stuff that, that I buy that some the number of things I bought on Steam, most of which I'll probably never play, but I do make specific purchases to support the developer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that goes with some of the console games as well. Uh, something that I, I think is really good. It may not necessarily be a game that that I want to play, but I can appreciate what they were trying to do and um, the direction and, you know, things. something that you just want to see develop or, or yeah. uh, you, uh, Shenmue aside, which was just that. We're going to have to talk about that whole Kickstarter thing. I'm still pissed off about that. Wow. And I still want something from the Stanley Parable, like a sequel or something. God, I love that game. <laughs> Loved it be, so much. To be continued. Yes. Flashpoint. Yeah, exactly. With the new theme tune. Yes, the awesome new theme tune. <laughs> no, the totally awesome Hulk theme tune. I think that's maybe what we should, what we should rename the podcast. Totally <laughs> awesome Flashpoint. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we're officially rambling. Yep. So have you got anything else you want to say? No, it's seven minutes to midnight. I turn into a pumpkin at midnight. Oh, makes an excellent soup. (laughs) So, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, If you're still with us, why? Yeah. (laughs) But but, uh, also thanks for uh, continuing to uh, give us your support by listening to this dross. As always, we're very keen to hear your thoughts on the podcast, Mm. suggestions for topics, conspiracy theories or death threats, just send them to contact at oceanicgamer.com. You can follow us on Twitter. David's handle is at Creative Shed and I'm at RPGBeatsRL. For earlier episodes, visit www.creativeshed.com or subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Go Stitcher! 